Oh, what is up? Welcome to Bringing the Backups. I'm your host, Eric Helwig. On the show today, it is a live podcast from the Vail Comedy Festival in Vail, Colorado. Uh, I'm interviewing Joe Barksdale, eight-year NFL veteran, musician, uh, really cool guest. You're going to love the interview. Like I said, the first time I've ever done it live on the show, so something exciting there. Uh, we want to thank everybody at the Vail Comedy Festival that helped us put on the live podcast. It was really fun. That's everybody at the Tent Mountain Whiskey Tasting Room where we did the show. Mark Masters for putting on the festival and everybody else on the staff that helped out during the week. If you want to see me performing soon, June 10th, I'm in Bloomington, Minnesota. I'm back in L.A. on June 12th at the Comedy Chateau. I'm at the Clubhouse in L.A. on June 14th and back at the Comedy Chateau on June 16th. I'll be in Anaheim on June 23rd, Temecula, California, early show and a late show. I'm headlining on June 25th. That's Empire Comedy at the Merck in Temecula, California. Tickets are still available. And then at the end of June, June 30th, I'm hosting my show, Barely Making It LA, at the Federal NoHo free show. Come check me out there with some great comics. Joe Coy dropped in. Uh, That's pretty cool. Joe Coy dropped in on our last show. So who knows what famous Hollywood person will begrudgingly come do my stand-up show soon. I don't know. Somebody good, probably. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for your support. Uh, Again, very excited to have a live episode of the podcast. If you go on YouTube right now, just look up Eric Helwig, youtube.com slash Eric Helwig. There is video for this podcast. What? How long have I been talking about doing that for? Now, I did fuck up and my phone stopped recording about 20 minutes in, so there's about 20 minutes of the interview that you can see us actually talking to each other. But if that is something that's interesting to you, go to youtube.com slash Eric Helwig and subscribe. And then I know I've had a lot of dates lately. I would love it if you go to my website, erichelwig.com, and click on my bands in town where it says follow. And anytime I'm in your town, you will get a notice. You won't miss it. All right, guys, that's it. Thank you so much. Enjoy the live podcast for bringing the backups. Grab your gear and lace it up. Helmets on and cup your nuts. It's that time you know what's up. Here we go. Bring in the backup. Listen to that clapter from all the people. Oh my goodness. Oh, this is crazy. This is crazy. There's literally 5,000 people here for my sure. podcast. I can't believe it. Joe, how are you doing? Doing good. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, do you want to you can introduce yourself uh, audio. Okay. But also to the camera cuz I'm recording this for the first time ever, so you've got a straight shot right there too. Okay. My name is Joe Barksdale. Um, I'm a comedian. Um, among other things. Uh, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. I live in Austin, Texas. I used to play in the NFL for eight years, and uh, I'm happy to be here. All right, great. And I'm also a mental health advocate, too. We talked about that. Yeah, we did talk about that. Uh, You took it very literally when I said introduce yourself to the camera. You're like, like, give me a minute. I'm going to go through all all the stuff I need to. Is is that the autism? autism. We'll talk about We can talk about autism. I'm very qualified for that. Okay. I'm not, I know not, I know not, I know it's a word that exists that I've heard. Um, <laughs> now you, I, I, I did uh, 13 seconds of research on you while I was taking nice. a shit this morning. And the first that thing I saw face. on your Wikipedia page, it doesn't mention comedian. What the fuck? It's something um, that I actually am trying to get on right now. I don't know the process of updating Wikipedia pages. But yeah. Hopefully, me being at my first comedy festival and doing these comedy podcasts will legitimize me, and maybe the people on Wikipedia can get it together. Well, I can I can 100% guarantee that doing this podcast will not help. <laughs> that this is getting you nowhere closer to where you want to get in your life, in your career. This is a waste of your time. But we do I do appreciate you being here. Thanks for having <laughs> me. I, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm having a great time. Good, man. Good. Uh, you're, but your music is good. Thank like you. It, like your Wikipedia really is like he used to be in the NFL, but now he is a musician mm-hmm. and nothing else. 
music. <laughs> you should know Joe Barksdale as a musician first. It really, like, your personal life, all about your music, it's got a whole thing. Nice. How often do you read your own Wikipedia page? I've actually never read it. Oh, my God. See, that's the kind of thing a famous person says. <laughs> That's like, I've been watching the, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial mm-hmm. and then putting earphones on and uh, re-listening to it while I sleep for the last month. That's depressing. And he's like, people don't, he doesn't watch his own movies. That makes sense. And you don't read your own Wikipedia page. Yeah, I mean, I, no, I do watch my own comedy sets and that kind of thing. Oh, that's, yeah. that's, we got to do that. That's, that's how true. you get better. That's true. Your shoe is probably blocking your whole face. I'm sorry. I mean, it's okay. You can keep it. I was uh, just saying, you have you have a big shoe. I have a big, that's why I kept falling off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Who was anybody here at the stand? You saw that? Okay, so I was. <laughs> this has I, this has to be context. Uh, we did a show last night. Mm-hmm. There was like a three by three raised stage. I don't know how to describe what it is. That other was than a great like, idea. I mean, that was a great description. Three yeah, by three, three by three raised stage. You had to like climb up on ladders to get on the. It. I said when I got on stage, it looked like we were all about to be executed in front of the people in the bar. Like it looked like how you would hang somebody. <laughs> like you just raised up. They read your <laughs> what you've done wrong, and then you're gone. Uh, but you f- almost fell off the stage three times. Three times. And I was standing. I was going up after you, and I did not hear a word of your. I was just watching your feet the whole time, being like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like audibly yelled at you multiple times. Watch out! Be careful! And then when I got on stage, I planted my feet and didn't move. I have no idea what I said to the audience. I could care less. The only goal was to not fall off the stage like you did. <laughs> you fell off three times, dude. It gave me some great material too. It did. To, you you, know. you rolled with it well. I mean, you are. You I think you said it. You were like you have athleticism, so yeah. you fell off and you caught yourself. It was really a demonstration of the athleticism. The falls were planned. Oh, was it? It was part of the act. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get in the slapstick. Because you know? <laughs> it seemed like you just kept forgetting where you were and I falling off the stage. I, I mean, was. if I'm being honest, you're right. from an objective perspective, <laughs> you kept forgetting every 90 seconds. <laughs> That's true. That shows how, see, that shows how into it I get. I'm so busy expressing myself and having a moment with the audience. I forget, you know, that I'm on the three by three stage. Dude, it was a it was a fun show, even mm. even with your multiple near death experiences. <laughs> yeah, I had a good time. I, I hope the, I hope the rest of the festivals like that. It will be. I know. Let me. I guess because this is this will be seen after the festival. The rest of the festival was great. It was fantastic, and all the shows were just like that. I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson showed up to one of them, actually. He was in the back, though. He didn't want anybody to see him. He yeah. Him. No, he was there. No, he signed me to a deal. To, uh, I'm in the next. It's going to be me, him, and Kevin Hart in uh, Jumanji 3. Nice. Is that how many they're on? Is the third one next? They're going to yeah, keep making those Jumanjis. Oh, they got sure. to. They're not bad. No, me, me and my wife watched the first Jumanji. I, was it on a plane? Yeah, we, I don't know why we were in the mood for Jumanji, and we were like, this is fucking hilarious. Really good. Funny. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the Rock is in a lot of stuff now. Sometimes, I think, too much stuff. No, I, I will say, I get that part. Like, him being in a whole bunch of stuff, because I feel like people will probably eventually say the same thing about me with, like, like oh, this, this dude's doing way too many comedy shows. Like, that kind of thing, but... yeah. When it's something that you've worked at and something that you love and something that you've, like, gone through some shit to get, it may be too much to other people, but, like, this is what I've been working for my whole life. I'm a, you know. Well, that's fair. Um, again, I mean, you're right now you're playing it smart if you're worried about that because you're doing my podcast, which will be seen by my mother and my wife and two friends that I guilt into listening to it. So, again, this will not add at all. You never know what could happen. <laughs> no, I know what will happen. This will be seen. Well, I'll say this. Doing the everybody's been telling me with the podcast. Eventually, we'll talk about the subject of my podcast, by the way. That's we haven't cool. gotten to that yet. But everybody's been telling me I need to have a video component. So, I've just been too, I want to say lazy. I'm just busy. I have a lot of stuff to do. And film is hard. Like, it's, it's, not a, easy. it's like a whole other thing to yeah. get good at, and I've already gotten good at this part. So it's like, now I have to edit more? Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, no, I don't, because I don't. I don't have a video I'm shooting, but I can't imagine that that's not the best you know, situation always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably ever. What's up, Brooke? Hey. How you doing? Hi, Brooke. Cool. 
There's 10,000 people here right now. Um, Damn, we just got 5,000 more people. <laughs> I know. They, they, they came in a little late. Uh, so you know what the podcast is about, right? No. I know it's about sports. It's about sports. Yeah. So it's called Bringing the Backups. Yeah. And every episode, I, I make fun of a backup quarterback. And I'm not going to do that on this episode because I don't uh, want to say something about one of your friends and get my ass kicked. So I'm going really to I'm going to really dial down the make fun of an NFL athlete part of the podcast. For real, like I, I I got like maybe three or four that are still playing. So and I don't think any of them are back. None of them are back on quarterbacks. I mean, but if you if you're playing on the line, like. Are if you had to, because I know everybody's like, I don't know this. This is just pulled directly from my asshole. But like, it seems like people are friends with their position group. Like no, those, those, that's I'm who you not, hang out with. Yeah, I mean, normally yes, but like, I'm not a big fan of people. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you play in sports, like it's stupid people. So you know, I stupid people, stupid people. Like I was a STEM kid growing up. Uh, my first uh, scholarships were for engineering. Uh, I didn't start playing football until I was like 15, 16. I got kicked out of engineering camp. And I was like, you know, I need something to do over the summer to stay in shape, stay out of trouble. Maybe I can try playing football. So I say that to say, um, obviously, I was probably like one of one in terms of people who left engineering to find football. <laughs> and it was it's a not very the most miserable. Common. It was a miserable existence. Like, between being autistic, mentally ill, like coming from engineering, trying to fit in with these people, it was not possible. Yeah, for me. So it was very hard to create relationships at all. Like even as an offensive lineman, people are like, "Oh, you love your quarterback?" No, I love doing my job well. I don't care about who's back there. I mean, I, I don't like. I'm just trying to do my <laughs> job well. You know, like there's no emotional component in there for me. Because, there's no like, this is my guy. Oh no, fuck that guy. I'm sorry, <laughs> but no, that's not my guy. Like. I don't even talk to my family. Like I, that's fair. You know, that's fair. So, yeah, it was it was always weird for me, and people would always see me as like a bad teammate or someone who wasn't bought in. And I'm like, yeah, it's because I'm not. Like, y'all, we're not a family. Like, <laughs> we were all just trying to kill each other in camp. Now all of a sudden, you know, it's just yeah, yeah. I was too logical, and be, you know, when you do when you're logical in an illogical area it's not it's very frustrating so did you uh, was there ever a speech that a coach gave before a game that got you really pumped up or you no. were just like i you just like looked at the numbers like you were just very analytical about it the whole time my future got me pumped up like i used to run on the field and say like i hated playing football like now that i'm looking back at it winning was fun yeah but i was always on losing teams like, I was playing backyard football. I mean, I feel like my football career downgraded from high school to to college to the NFL. I know I won a national championship in college, but, like, to me it was not fun. Like, it was always the stress of, you know, your entire future depends on what happens on this field today. That's what I would be saying to myself. Like, that's the only thing I would hear as opposed to coaches' speeches and stuff. Because coaches are talking. It's like, shut your ass up. You ain't even getting out there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let a player talk. Like, you're not even, you don't even play. You never play. You know what I mean? So. Well, well, you would have been better in, like, because that used to be a thing where, like, the player, the coach would play still. But yeah. I guess that stopped. Yeah, because they started getting. I'm, actually, yeah, I don't know why it stopped. You, you would prefer if, like, Peyton Manning was just the coach. No, nah, I would honestly prefer to be doing comedy. There you go, man. All right. <laughs> I prefer to be doing comedy, but uh, or just being an artist in general. It's I don't know. Part of it's because I've seen it from a different standpoint. But like, I was never into sports. Like, I didn't watch sports growing up. I never watched football. I don't watch football now. I didn't watch it when I was playing. Personally, I think sports are a big waste of time. Like, who? What were the big sports that were going on back when Beethoven was composing stuff? Nobody yeah. knows because it yeah. doesn't matter. I think it was beheading Catholics. Yeah, <laughs> great soundtrack. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> but you know, when you think about it, like sports are significant today, but in the bigger scheme of things, like people who are doing something meaningful are going to be significant. Sure. I wanted to do something meaningful. No. Well, thanks for coming on to my sports podcast. My pleasure. <laughs> and like shitting all over, not just the podcast, the essence of what the podcast is. But no, I do. That's probably the autism too. I'll say this too, man. Like, I feel like I go, 
Like I went years without really watching sports when I was when I first moved to New York because I was so like into comedy and being like I need to get good at stand up or at improv and for I did a lot of improv. That improv is well, I can't speak for you. How about improv is fun, but I've never done it in front of I mean, here's the thing about improv. Um it's great for like three years. And then you're just uh, you know, hanging out with your friends and trying to hook up with chicks and you're not doing anything. Like everything you get out of improv you get early on. But a lot of people like I hung around a little too long is what I would say. But that but the point is is when I moved to New York I was a huge sports guy and I it just completely fell out of my life for years. And then I kind of rediscovered it like I guess in my 30s, but yeah, I don't know. I I definitely feel like you when you're cuz you're like how long have you been doing comedy for? About a year and a half. Yeah. So you're in the place where, like, especially with stand-up, it's like you can't half-ass it. Like, you, it has to be... I can't half-ass anything. Like... Yeah. In my mind, even when I was playing football, it was a goal. Like, I need to be the best player in my position in the history of this game. Like, I'm not... I don't think there's anything that I've ever done that I've actually, like, put my effort into that I was not trying to be, like the best. I don't just want to participate. I don't just want to say like, oh, I was there. No, I want motherfuckers to be saying like, I saw Joe Barksdale. That kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I know that's probably super, I don't know how that sounds, but that's how I feel. You want to be the best. Yeah. Like no one ever was. To catch them is my, no Pokemon fans? All right. Is that a Pokemon reference? It's a Pokemon song. I want to be the very best like no one ever was. Oh, my God. You are the biggest fucking nerd I've ever had on the show. It's crazy. I got Power Ranger tattoos. I thought you were going to be like... (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. I think he played with Nick Foles. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get Nick Foles' cell phone after I talk with Joe. You're like, I don't have any friends in the NFL. Let's talk about Pokemon. I'm like, fuck! <laughs> Who is this guy? Did you play football? The like- dude. <laughs> Tell me you're friends with Nick Foles. That was the whole reason... I don't even know. I don't know Nick Foles. You know Nick Foles? Mm-mm. Wasn't he on the Rams when you were on the Rams? Mm-mm. God damn it. No, I think he, you're right. I think he was on there. You were. You got drafted in left. 20... Yeah, 13. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. I got drafted in 2011. 2011. Okay. Nick Foles got there the year that I signed with the Chargers. There we go. We don't got to talk about football. Oh, I mean... I, and I want to say that too. Like I'm very honest with like how I feel about stuff. Yeah. But there's no judgment with my honesty. Like It's not like... I see a sports fan like you fucking idiot. Like no, nah, that's just, <laughs> that's just how this I feel. Fucking chode. Like I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> I don't get mad when I see people eat ice creams. You know, it's fantastic. See, I have celiac disease and I get furious when people eat bread in front of me. I'm like, get that fucking bread, yeah. out of my face. You I don't. You don't ever get mad if somebody's eating ice cream in front of you. You don't go if somebody knows you can't eat it, and they're just like, mmm, Joe, ooh. Oh no. You would be like. I mean, you got to remember, mentally ill, undiagnosed autism for 30 years, I got bigger problems. You got bigger In my problem. mind. Like, yeah. I would see that as more like, that's just something that happened. You know what I mean? But like, I, so I do go to therapy. I see a therapist twice a week. Okay. I have a psychiatrist once a month. I'm on medicine. It's not like I woke up this way. But I just see them as experiences. You know, people too oftentimes try to put things into a category of like, good or bad when in actuality things are just happening. Like when I got kicked out of engineering camp, in my mind it was bad. I thought my life was over. You know, this is what I've been working to up until this point. But then it turns out like, oh no, it led me into football. So you would say, oh that's good. But then football made me suicidal. So is that bad? You know what I'm saying? Like it goes back and forth. So these are just things that happen. What what did you do to get kicked out of engineering camp? I slapped a kid for uh, asking a stupid question. I don't. I don't under. I did not understand sarcasm back then. He was mm-hmm. trying to be like dry and funny. We were in a um, computer lab on the on the University of Michigan's campus. There's like 300 computers in this room. There's maybe 30 of us. This dude that raises his hand. Excuse me, teacher. Will there be enough computers for everyone in the class? And in my mind, I was just like, people who ask stupid questions should be slapped. And before I could think. I was already slapping this kid. Oh, wow. And he started, like, flipping Ooh, over wee. tables, kicking chairs. So we both got kicked out. All right. Oh, wait, he got kicked out for his reaction to for the slap? For his reaction to the slap. That's, yeah. some, that's some bullshit. Hey. <laughs> it was a G.I. Jane I, joke. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a G.I. Jane joke. It was a G.I. Jane joke. I've never been more afraid to ask a question on this podcast. What? Oh, I'm going to ask you questions up? for the next 30, but you're not going to uh, slap me. No, I'm We're here comics. to give information. Yeah. Yeah. 
I put my life on the line. Did I you? Mean, well, my life on the stage. I don't know. You put your life on the stage. Well, last night you did. I did twice, three times. Who are these people that just walked in? How you guys doing? Joe and Linda Rodriguez. All right. Nice to meet you, Joe. Nice and to Linda. meet you, Joe and Linda. Pretty sure y'all did not walk in expecting. <laughs> what did what you? Wa- you what did you, you guys, guys walk in knowing the there was audience? a podcast, or we're just interrupting your morning drinking? <laughs> there you go, Joe. A little crowd work. I love it. I don't know if I've ever had whiskey before noon. This might be the first first time for me. Same. He offered me the whiskey. I'm like, I don't even drink whiskey, but sure. I mean, we're in a place called uh, Whiskey Mountain. Okay, sorry. What's it called? Tenth Mountain Whiskey. <laughs> Tenth Mountain. Oh, there's a big fucking thing behind me. Here. Yeah, by the way, shout out to Tenth Mountain Whiskey. I don't even like whiskey, but I actually did not oh, need these chaser guys with make this their own bourbon. You see this? I think that's what I actually had the bourbon. Look at this. Tenth Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company, Vail, Colorado. I'm going to steal one of these bottles before we leave. So, Joe, have you ever been in a city that's more on top of their t-shirt game than Vail? They got so many t-shirts here. Like every, every place I walk into, there's, there's like unique... And they're like nice teas. They're not like just the crappy cotton. They're like the tri-blend. So I ain't going to lie. I'm not. Uh, once again, I'm very like apprehensive of being around people. Sure. So I really haven't been around like <laughs> walking around. This is the first place we've come <laughs> since the show last night. Okay. <laughs> but All I'm right. going to try. We, we are going on a hike later today. So maybe I'll meet some deer. Where are you guys going to hike? We don't know yet. I think we're just going to find a mountain and walk. Yeah. Yeah. We might, me and my wife might go on a hike at some point. Nice. I have uh, plantar fasciitis. I know what means, that is. Yeah, it means like every five minutes I go, can we take a break? <laughs> oh, my, my dosies. Do you do, uh, you do rehab on that? or take Dude, that I just started going to physical therapy like three weeks ago. Yeah. And they, uh, I do like these little stretches. So I like pretend like I have an arch in my foot. Mm. And they're like, and now, and then they tell me when I'm walking, I need to like bend my foot like that. You don't have arches in your feet either? I have zero arch. I have zero arch. You don't wear inserts? I was, but they told me that I should train my foot to do it so I don't need the insert. Who the fuck's... I'm sorry. Uh, who's, the, who's my physical... Th- it's my dad. <laughs> Never went to school for it. I just trust him. I trust my father. You think I shouldn't trust my own father? I'm saying they make the inserts. I have flat feet too. Like I'll show you my feet have no arch either. Yeah, man. I do wear inserts. You want to compare our feet? Oh, dude, look at how flat your feet are. God damn. People look at, always talk about how they have flat but look, but look feet. At mine. Look at my feet out. Look at mine. You see that? My feet are flat. Oh, this is just really highlighting how much bigger your cock is than mine. Let's put our feet down. <laughs> Woo, baby. Uh, what, so you, you probably have plantar fasciitis too then? I had it, yeah. You had it? When I was playing. But uh, once again, cute? I do the inserts. I do the, like, I do a bunch of massages. I'm really big into, like, I do believe that the body can heal itself. That's not to say I don't take medicine. I do take medicine, right. but I'm saying like I All believe right. in Christian like scientist over here, Joe Barksdale. <laughs> you heard it first. With a prayer and holy water, <laughs> you can cure cancer. But no, I, I I think that uh, I mean when you think about it, like it's the blood flow that really aids in like the nutrients and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I'm really big on getting blood flow, making sure that like veins aren't restricted and that kind of thing, and just taking care of your body in general. I mean, I got two kids. I want to be able to play with them and. Beat up their boyfriends, you know. You got girls? Two girls. All right. I'm on edge as we speak, and they're like three and five. The, the, the young one came home from school the other day talking about my friend Brady. Brady better be a tough woman. Like, who is Brady? <laughs> <laughs> and then I oh, saw him in short shorts for the first time the other day. I'm like, what's going on? They're too young for short shorts. They're going to be too young until they're about 36. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You need to have a couple tax cycles under your belt. Right? Uh, Sure. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't like kids in short shorts. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just on saying. the record. I don't like that. <laughs> I'm going to make eye contact with the camera. Not into I'm that. I'm on the record. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been asked that. You like kids in short shorts? No. Sorry, I asked weird Not questions. a fan. <laughs> so, do I need to answer that? You like no. kids in short shorts? The police are outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What's it like having kids? I, I think about doing that sometimes, and then I uh, I go, I like my life too much. But how, how about your life? You this seem like you're doing thing. your shit. I love having kids, but 
transparently, there are times, just like with anything else, having kids is just like being in a relationship. There's times where it's like, oh, this, this relationship is great. And then there's times like, hey, we going to hang out. <sighs> I got a date with the wife. I mean, but you know, like it's yeah, yeah. like not everything is. I'm just playing. I love my kids. I'm making. I'm literally making eye contact with your girl as you're saying this. Like, how fucking far is he gonna carry this bit? But nah. this is uh, this is we're living on the edge right now. I'm just saying, like, it's just like anything else in life um, that you decide to do. Most times it's great, but there are the drawbacks. But nothing worth doing is easy. So. Yeah, the great. Well, yes, and I feel like whenever you talk to somebody, especially a dude who's like, everything's perfect. I'm really happy. I'm like, you're cheating. Like, I feel like it's, like, the honest thing is to be, like, you you say the good and the bad, and then that's, like, that's, that's how honest. you... honest, yeah. Yeah, be honest. Be real. And that's, that's where I'm at. Like, I don't... I can't be anything else. You know, like, I can't... I can't. Like, I've tried. I can't. Yeah. You know. You think I should have kids? We need to talk some more. Um, getting off talking about kids with shorts. I, we need to talk after this. Off the air. <laughs> yeah, I need, to, I need to really lock in the fact that you don't like kids in short shorts and then we, I just, we can discuss. I can't speak about the kids. I'm specifically just being a very overprotective dad. And I know that it's too much so I'm already trying to talk myself down now. Like, she can stay out till 8. 30. At 18. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At 18? At 18. At 18, Joe. At 18. They're, f- they're fucking... Fly away home. They're gone. If they stay in there, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> but no, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I, I do. I mean, I was a dude. Like, I think about, you know, these girls are about to grow up and they're going to come in the, they're going to interact with dudes. And I know what dudes are thinking. Sure. It's, uh, what happened, Liz? Did the phone die? No! <laughs> this was not meant to be hey, recorded. Here's the thing. You know what? Here, here's the thing. It's going to exist and the front part's going to have a video and then we'll just cut straight to the audio. It'll be fine. There you go. Yeah. Transitions. Fuck. Star wipe. I have you a lot of apps. All those apps. I have a lot of apps on my phone. Delete some apps. There's probably some awkward apps on there. There's nothing too bad on there. I don't Tug think. Finder. What I mean, is don't this? go into my incognito mode. You don't need I don't know why I have LinkedIn. What is this? The fucking roast of Eric Helwig? This is my I'm podcast. Just trying to look professional. Oh, that's my LinkedIn app. I have Yeah, LinkedIn. I have a link. <laughs> because I like to discover things. What is the Discovery app? I don't know. Discovery Plus app. What are you Discovery Channel? I guess Discovery Channel. That's Discovery Channel, right? What else is on there? I ain't gonna lie. With Mark's jokes last night about the environment, I was like, hey, Mark's been watching some National Geographic. This is very interesting. I love, uh, like, I used to put on, uh, did you ever watch Blue Planet? That's no. like the one where it's just like the soaring... Vistas. So that's the other thing I don't There's like TV. bears eating their cubs. I would just go to sleep to that shit. Nice. Where are you from? I'm from all over, but my my I was in the my dad was in the army. Okay. So, but we settled in like the uh, D.C. Maryland area for high school. So you said like three times now that you listen to angry things when you go to sleep. Would you consider yourself like an angry person? Liz, am I an angry person? Yeah, that's a yes. You're definitely an angry If it person. takes longer than five seconds to, I here's the thing. I am. I think I am a very. I think I'm a kind person, and I think I'm I'm nice to people, and like I like making friends and all that shit. Mm. But like, I definitely have a streak of anger, and I think I I a lot of my standup was like exercising that exercising mm. exercising. I think exercising is what word I meant. But yeah, I get like I like almost become. I don't know. If you hang out with my dad, you're like, there's the anger. For sure. And it's just, you know, he just downloaded it. And, you know, I came from him. Like Bill Burr, his dad? I don't know if it was that bad. Oh. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I mean, I watch his animated show. I'm like, holy shit, is this real? God damn. (laughs) But then I I tell people stories about my childhood, and they're like, huh? (laughs) So, I don't know, maybe. I know the feeling. No, you never think it's as bad as it is when you're in it. Mm. When you're in it, you're like, oh, this is just normal. Well, you don't have anything to compare it to. Exactly. I, I was in a new school every year until eighth grade. And so I was like, oh, that's a normal thing when you, you go to the first day of school. No one knows you. They make fun of your goofy name. And uh, you have to either get in a fight with somebody or get bullied the whole year. Like, I was just kind of like, that's what it's like to go to school. And then I started, you know, when I started dating my wife and she was like, there's photos of her with her like best friend and they're playing soccer together when they're five. Mm -hmm. 
I'm like crying. I'm like, why am I getting emotional looking at photos of you and your friend when you're five? It's because I don't know any of the kids that I grew up with. They're fucking scattered mm -hmm. to the wind. I don't even know their last names. Does that I, affect your uh, relationships, like with people when you're building them now? Um, I feel like if we keep you ask three more questions like this, I'm going to realize I'm gay. So we should <laughs> divert... <laughs> I feel like something, I'm going to discover something I'm not ready to discover. This better not awaken anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. Oh, I knew yeah. it. Sorry, significant other. No. <laughs> She'll be all right. It's the we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Just get, a, uh, you just get a high top haircut. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Nothing. Never mind. I, I, that was a weird joke. Um, I, the answer is yes. I do think it affects you to be... It's like uh, like the thing they say is like you, I can military kids can make friends with anybody, mm -hmm. but then like to keep that friendship going is not that's what they don't do well. So what, who's your like what not who's your oldest friend, but what's the longest friendship? So when I'm uh, this my friend Nick, I met in eighth grade, and we went to the same high school, and then the same college. So and, and there's been like some of these like you know yeah. that. So, but he's the person I've been friends with the longest in my life, I would say. Okay. But I remember I had a friend in Fort Polk, Louisiana named John Ryan. That was his first name. I don't know what his last name was. And one day I was, uh, Google, I was like trying to find my old friends from childhood. Mm -hmm. And I just Googled John Ryan, Louisiana. And as I hit enter, I was, I started to get emotional. Like it's not going to pop up. Like, it's, it's not going to be like, Eric, do you mean your friend from second grade? <laughs> like, but I was like, I thought if I typed in the first name of a kid I knew 25 years ago and the state we were in, I would be able to find him. But it's like, yeah, I have a lot of those things where I like these, I were like moments you remember from your childhood that just kind of like stick in your head for some reason. And like, I would never be able to find the people that are associated with those memories. That that's a little. What do you do with those emotions? Like I'm, I'm gay. Like, no. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> so I'm really big on emotional intelligence. I understand it's not yeah. cool for dudes to get emotional, but like I am a very emotional person. Yeah. In private. But um no, I'm 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 emotional. You're an emotional guy. Um you know, it's okay. I think for the longest time, like, you know, our dads would like suck it up and their dads would like suck it up, but that doesn't mean that that was right. Like I think, you know, we're all human beings, we bleed, we hurt when we get cut, like we feel and we need to be more comfortable with, like, experiencing these emotions. And this is one of the things that make us human. Yeah. I feel like I, I try to give sympathy to people that came before us because it's like, you're like, their dad said tough it up. You go back a couple dads and they were like, yeah, we're getting, like, eaten by jaguars and shit. Like, it's not, we're not that far removed from being in the food chain and, like, people dying of, you know, like, the, the medical, like, the medical solution to being sick was, like, putting leeches on your arm mm -hmm. so like it made sense for a lot of people to say suck it up because they were only going to live to be 33 anyway but just because it makes sense don't mean it's right it's not right but in the moment that like there was no therapy in 1820 not, that's the thing i'm not trying to like victim i mean i'm not trying to blame that generation i'm just saying like as a dad you were talking earlier about like what's it like to have kids i want their lives to be better than mine Sure. Um, and I think when you get to that realization, you start to dissect things that happen to you at a younger age and things that are going on with you now so that you can be a better person and in turn be a better parent to the kid or whoever, you know, be a better mentor to the younger generation. Um, I'm just not a believer in, like, keeping things the status quo. I know it's a very difficult conversation to, like, talk about emotions and mental health and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, if no one does it, It'll never get better. Do you ever have a fear of like, uh, I can't think it's called steamrolling for your kid where you give them so many, you make it to, I'm not saying you do this. I'm just curious because I worry about it myself. If you make it too easy for them that they don't know how to take on struggle the way that maybe we took on struggle because our parents weren't as equipped to make it a smoother ride for us. No, I think, <clears throat> so the thing that I relate my comedy, I use pain. Like, it's always, everything I do is, like, pain adjacent, you know, even okay. music. Um, I feel like that's one thing that everybody that you meet has experienced, will experience, something we can all relate to. We've all been in pain, right? Some kind of pain, emotional, physical. Clap if you've been in some pain. 
It's a, it's a weird applause. What's this, a death metal concert? But, uh, Come on, whoop it up. Who's been in some pain? No, no, it's a, yeah. All right. We know who have the leather masks at home with the whips. No, but uh, <laughs> um, we've all experienced pain. And Mark Twain said, like, according to the universe, nothing that grieves us is small. According to the universal laws of equality, a child's loss of a doll is the same as a king's loss of a crown. They both feel those the same, mm. you know. So if we all feel pain and we all have these emotions, we need to, I mean, bottling them up obviously isn't helping. And that's how these people are going crazy and doing all these crazy things that we talked about earlier. Yeah. So if that hasn't been working the last five, six generations, then maybe we should try something else. What was the, what was the Mark Twain quote just now? Because I just went, mm, which I've never done in my life. <laughs> Nothing that grieves I've us. never gone, mm, to an idea. <laughs> that's, that was really good. It was Nothing a kid's loss of a dog. Is doll. Like a uh, child's loss of like a stuffed animal is the same as a king losing a crown. Oh, I thought you said dog. Oh, no. Doll. Oh, fuck a doll. But I think about my daughters. Like, they'd, be lady. Sad, they'd be sad if they lost their dolls. The same way I would be sad if like someone stole my car. And yeah. it's the, we feel the same pain, you know? You feel the same pain. It's different things you're grieving, but you still grieve. That's know? why you have dog, uh, dogs with kids, so they can see the dog die. And you explain death to them through that lens. Or you can just explain death to them at the right time. You can do that too. Yeah, like I'm not saying you kill the dog. I'm saying like when the dog dies. What if the dog dies natural. when you're 18 and that's your first time talking about death? Well, you, well dogs not people gonna, die. Now go off to college. No, no. no. What you do? No, no. <laughs> no. You get what you do is you get yourself. Uh, you just keep. You get senior dogs for your kids, so the dog dies every three months, and so they're just inundated. With death. Okay, so let's <laughs> let's go back to this comfortability with like death <laughs> let's go. and this anger that we touched on earlier. What? Do you think that some of this is like a shield for your emotions? Because I've noticed that like when I ask you the emotional questions, the jokes come right after. What are you, oh, dude? What the fuck is happening? You You're supposed to give me Nick Foles' cell phone number. And you're asking me if my comedy is a is a fucking cipher for my pain? Of course it is. Yes, that's, I'm a comic. It, it's, that's all we do. It's, but it's okay to be honest about it. I think sometimes comedians in, included think that like people just know, but no one knows what they, you know, no one knows about what's going on inside of you until you tell them. Yes, I'm, I'm, my father and I have had a road. Have you ever thought about going to therapy? I go to therapy. How's that? How do you like it? Um, Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I don't. I feel like I, I, my concern with it when I'm in therapy is that I'll be going for like a year or a year and a half. And I'm like, when does it end? Like, is there ever a point where I'm just fixed and I can walk through the world and see something and not be or just have an, an awareness of how my brain works? So it's not sending me down a dark road for an hour when it could be two seconds. No. So like the, the answer is no. Yeah, no. But that's part of me is like if somebody sells you something as therapy as like a thing, like therapy is here. And the point is, is like, hey, you should do this and you should do it forever. I'm like, that makes me feel like a part of it. Well, what I, the answer to this is what I do is I go to therapy and then I stop for six months to a year and I, I go old school. And I'm like, my brain versus the world for a year. Let's see how this goes. And then a year later, I'm back in therapy. I'm like, that was a huge mistake. Well, I'm back. I'm back. Can I come twice a week? <laughs> but I will, I'm doing that right now. I just, uh, before the festival, um, my th I, I, I go to therapy at a place that's like a, a training thing. Okay. So every two years, they have to, uh, they have to drop all their clients because they like graduate and it's perfect. Because I'm like, great, I'll go for two years and then I'm out. And then they put, they're always like, we could get you a new therapist or we could set you back to the front of the line. I'm like, or, but to the back of the line, I'm like, back of the line. Hmm. They're like, it's going to be nine months. I'm like, perfect. Make it 12. Send me back. And then, <laughs> so then I'm free. I feel like a free man. Like right now, like if we have a rough interaction at some point, I'm not going to have a therapist to talk about. I'm just going to have to go into my room and think. Why do you think we're going to have a rough interaction? I don't know. You told me you slapped the shit out of some kid for asking a question about computers. I was 14. I, but it's in my head. <laughs> it's what? I'm, I'm supposed to forget it? Yes. <laughs> if it was you were 14, but I've known you for 40 minutes and it came up. So it's you, in my you, head. But you haven't seen me slap anybody. I bet you would not slap. No, of course. And like when I was 14, I, uh, I stabbed a kid for asking if he could share my lunch. There you go. <laughs> Military tactics. <laughs> 
No, I'm just trying to make him feel better for slapping the shit out of a kid. <laughs> I fucking plunged the dagger into his neck and watched the life drain for his eyes because he wanted a bite of my, my Texas cinnamon bun. Remember those Texas cinnamon buns? You know what I'm talking about? They're like white and purple wrap. Those, those things are fucking good. I can never have one for the rest of my life. Those things are bad for you. So They are bad. But back to what you were saying earlier, therapy is definitely just meant to enhance your life and help you continue to move through these things. Because you're talking about rewiring neurological pathways yeah. that were, it t- they took decades to create. They're yeah. not just going to be, you know, gone overnight. And as someone who does go to therapy, I bitch to my wife all the time, like, I don't think therapy's working. I think this is a waste of my time. But then something will happen, and I'm like, okay, I guess it's, it's helping. I, I still have those moments where I'm like, I realize something, and th- like, I'm, I'll have... Yeah, you're going for months. It's like, what am I doing? Yeah. And then you realize something, or you just make a connection. You're like, oh, that's why I'm here. Yeah. And then it, and then it, and then you. I almost feel like uh, sometimes I feel dumb for not connecting stuff. So I'm like, oh, now that I know that, I just look back at my life, or I'll look back at like failed relationships I had, and be like, oh, it was just this one thing. This mm-hmm. thing happened when I was ten. And I've just been like mapping that on to every relationship I've been in since then. And it's like, that's the value of it. I mean, that's me with my job. Like my entire life, childhood, parents just, you're too expensive. You're too big. Like it just made me feel like I was more of a pet than a child. Mm -hmm. You know, like you should be seen and not heard. The only time I want you around is when I can show off how big you are to my friends. It was like being in a circus. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like now my need to be like the best and get some kind of recognition is directly tied to like never feeling like I was good enough as a child. Mm. I that's the second time I've done that. Mm. <laughs> Literally <laughs> never happened in my life. I'm just like, mm, mm. <laughs> like I'm hungry. Maybe I'm hungry. <laughs> I haven't had breakfast yet. But we, I mean, I do think that we all have like, you know, a child that has some wrong that was done to him, some bruise that never healed. At least one. But that's, I mean, that's, I feel like that's the rest of your life is you figuring out, like, things that negatively affected you from your childhood, working past those things so they can make adulthood better. Yeah. You know. There's a movie. It was on ESPN when I was a kid. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are. I mean, I know what your thoughts are going to be on it. But it was called The Junction Boys. And it was about Bear Bryant when he took over Texas A&M. This is, like, I guess in, like, the 60s or something. And he thought the team, he thought they were all pussies. So he took them to like Junction, Texas, where it's 120 degrees in the summer. Mm. And he wouldn't let them have water for like two weeks. And like 80% of the team quit and uh, almost died. And then the movie, the movie's not like, and this is childhood. The movie's like, isn't this cool? (laughs) And then at the end of the movie, they're like, uh, Texas A&M went like 0-12 the next year. Because they had no players, because they all died of heat exhaustion, and I, as a football player, I, it's a real thing it's where like thing. it used people used to think that drinking water was for, over when you were tired was for pussies. Yeah, and like if you're not if you're a tough guy, you shouldn't drink water when you're tired. Have you dealt with that in your professional career? I have. But one thing that I've learned is, like, all of these tough guy. oh, who's trying to be tough? Like, if someone's that concerned about you being tough, they're not tough. No. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, why are you finding all these reasons to call me a pussy? I'm out here playing football. What are you doing, coach? That's the other thing. If you want to talk about, oh, Bear Bryant's such a great – I'm sure that motherfucker was drinking water in his cabin. <laughs> you know? He was just sneaking back behind the fucking <laughs> – In between that, calling the registrar's <laughs> office, don't let any blacks in here. It's the 60s. That was what he was doing, too. Yeah. You know? People always say that, like, man, I wish I missed the '60s. Do you? Okay, <laughs> I like did you, voting. Did you ever? <laughs> did you ever watch the? Was it? Uh, it was Bear. Bear Bryant went to Alabama. Yeah. Did you ever watch the documentary where it was like Alabama scheduled uh, USC to come, and that's how they integrated Alabama? No. It was Bear Bryant that did it. Nice. Maybe they should have yeah. made a movie about that. They did make a movie about it. No, but I'm saying instead of Junction Boys. Junction Boys is the shittiest movie ever made. It's Tom Berenger plays Bear Bryant. But I want everybody to go watch it. Because I feel like it's like uh, the perfect example of people. Oh, yeah, child abuse. It's okay. You can heckle the podcast. Sports is pretty much child abuse. There's 20,000 people here. 
Football's child abuse? I was talking to Chris Long about this. He <laughs> football's Eagles. child abuse? Yeah, especially when you got the kids like six, seven years old but, in these helmets but, but what smacking they, each other. Well, they can play, but they, 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 don't, they don't do that anymore. Now they play flag football. Allegedly. They don't let them They don't let them tackle until allegedly. like... Allegedly. Allegedly. It was when I was a kid they wouldn't let us tackle. Oh, well, where'd you grow up? All over. Oh, well, some of those places, they letting people tackle. Like, I know cats that have been playing football, since, like tackle football since they were like... Six. You only seven. get you only get so many hits in in this. That's what I think. Well, not even just your head, like your joints. You know, like I know cats who are like thirty four about to have joint replacement surgeries, can't walk, that kind of thing. And it sucks to see, but it's weird though because like on the inside, I feel like we all knew that that was a possibility. Like this yeah. game is probably gonna scar me in a way I can't come back from. But I need this money. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then. But it's kind of like, like being a prostitute. Well, there was a, I just saw, I think it happens more often now. There was a guy, uh, my dad went to West Point, so I like Army football. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy for Army football that got put on a practice squad for the Raiders. And then he got injured and he quit. And he was like, yeah, it's, it's just not worth it. I want to play. He was like, he literally said, he was like, I want to play with my kids. I want to, I want to be healthy. And then he went, and then he was like, "I'm gonna go in the army." I was like, "Well, you get hurt there too." True. <laughs> but he he had to do that because he went to West Point. Right. But the idea is like, I think more people are like, "Why am I gonna play till I'm in my mid 30s if I don't need to?" Once thought, you get that I first thought, contract, it's like second contract. First contract's a rookie deal. But no even way. that, for most guys, if you get drafted, that's nothing. I mean, it's good money, but it's not gonna sustain you for the amount of time it should based on what you've done to get that money second contract you're set for life if you sign a good free agent deal yeah yeah like not everybody does i know you hear about it because those are the contracts that like you know make the news but not everybody on the team is signing those contracts yeah you know um but i can identify with that though like i remember is this was the year before uh the season this is the year before my last season like i had a uh a foot injury and I could barely walk, like, unless I unless my foot was, like, shot up with Novocaine or something like that. Mm. And I remember, like, going to get an MRI, and my coach called me, like, listen, I know you're in a lot of pain. We need you to play. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, if it's not to. structural, can you just muscle through it? And then I remember, like, doing that. Like, I remember, like, okay, yeah, the team needs me, you know. I remember seeing a needle go, like, through my foot, because they had to, you know, numb it up in so many different places. And I remember as this needle was passing through my foot, in between screams, I just remember thinking, like, this ain't worth it. Like, I got a wife and kids at home. And like my pastor always says, like, no one, no child has ever stood at their father's grave and said, I wish he made more money. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Ooh, yeah. So, um, some things definitely, you know, readjusted in my life. Taylor Swift also helped me leave. <laughs> we were, I was playing in the, we were playing against Kansas City and uh-huh. you know Kansas City Stadium is hundred something thousand. It's people. wild, man. It is. And like I'm sitting there looking around, I'm like, bro, it's two fifty three man rosters, plus front office staff, plus like months of promotion, plus ESPN and all that to sell out this stadium eight times a year. And Taylor Swift had an ad like Taylor Swift, the twenty seven, twenty third I mean twenty six, twenty seven, twenty third. Wait, 26th, 27th, and 28th. I don't know why I keep trying to say three. But um, our concert, it was sold out. So you got to add for a sold-out concert in the same stadium, three days in a row. It wasn't Taylor Swift in the NFL, Taylor Swift. It was just Taylor Swift. And I'm yeah. like, that's significant, you know. So shout You're out to Taylor probably Swift. the only NFL player to find inspiration from a Taylor Swift ad during a football game. That's true. That can't be common. That's why I'll be the only one that does what I do on the back end, too. Hell yeah, Mark man. Mark Twain Prize for American Humor. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Maybe an acting role or two in a movie. Holy shit. Sitcom. Well, just remember when you came on my podcast. I will. And uh, questioned me in a way that I was uncomfortable with. I'm sorry. I mean, no, it's okay. I mean, look, here's the thing. <laughs> That's how my podcast this, this is. A, this has been a first in many ways. Uh, I almost came out on my own podcast. You got me this close. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, what? what? Uh, it's okay to, I mean, you got to feel your emotions. Nobody you got to feel your emotions. Don't, either you feel them or you're going to take them out on other people and they'll feel them. You've got music. You've got comedy. You've got two places to put your emotions now mm-hmm. that feel like as, as healthy outlets as you're going to find. Mm-hmm. Um, how many more emotions can there be? Is there a third outlet that's coming? 
Or am I going to see you watercoloring in three years and be like, it just the music and the comedy wasn't enough. <laughs> and I'm going to interview you on some. Until I start touring, yeah. Like, I need, I can't, I can't sit still. I can't sit at home and do nothing. You know what I mean? Like, I, because I start talking bad to myself. Sure. Like, what are you doing? You know, like, you left a job where you were actually doing something to just sit at home and do nothing. You stupid mother. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you, I guess I said earlier that you'll never be fixed because I know I'll never be fixed. Um, and with that, it is one of the reasons why I do such intensive therapy and that kind of thing. Cause yeah, those two outlets are not enough. And even if I added five, six, seven, eight, like, I mean, there's things that happen to me, you know, that like my wife would tell you, like, we'll just be hanging out or something. And I'll just be like, ah, and she's like, Oh, what happened? Bad thought trying to get it out of my head. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, um, I have those a lot in the bathroom. Yeah. Same. I'm just like, what did I, what did, I'll tell you one that I had that I think about all the time is I was at, I didn't go, I didn't, I was in seventh grade and I got invited to a party and it was like, a, you know, there was like a hot girl there. I mean, again, for me in seventh grade, I don't think seventh grade girls are hot. Just to go back to that thing, I don't like kids in short shorts. I was a seventh you grader. You it up. The hottest girl, the hottest girl in the, in the school was there and we were talking and she asked me what my birthday was and I was so nervous. I was like, October 13th, 14th, I said two days. Yeah. And she goes, is it October 13th or 14th? And I was so nervous. I was like, I was actually born at midnight. So I celebrated <laughs> on a different day every year. And the look in her eyes when I said that, I was just like, I will not have sex for five years after this. This is the worst feeling I've ever had was I just didn't have the emotional maturity to be like, it's October 14th. I was nervous and I stuttered. I made up a lie in the moment to justify it. I think about that uh, once a week. We all got memories. Okay, so I can remember when I was in the seventh grade, we had like a school dance. And I was like a bigger kid. I shopped in the Husky section, you know. I shopped in Husky too. So you know, you know the pain. Husky. I mean, it, I cried when I could fit a two X, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my God, it fits! But so I was a yeah. bigger kid. I did, wasn't playing sports, these kind of things. And we were at a school dance. I never had danced with anybody before, and I just asked this one girl that seemed to be danced with everyone, like, "Hey, would you like to dance?" And we danced. And then immediately afterward, like, I remember walking past her and her friends were like, oh, my God, you dancing with that dude? And she's like, girl, you see how big he is? He told me he was going to beat my ass if he ain't dancing with me. And I was like, that hurts. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so I beat myself up a lot for, like, asking for that dance or, like, you know. Yeah, but that's her. You didn't do anything wrong. She was I shitty. I asked for the dance. Yeah, but, like, you didn't know she was going to be a piece of shit. But I still asked for the dance. If I had shut the fuck up, none of that would have happened. Yeah, I mean, I, you got. I, 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 I'm putting that one on her. That's like that's like a hundred percent her. Well, you yeah, did what you were supposed to do. But that's you were how to I dance. was raised too. You, you, like, you, you were to dance. At a dance, your job is to be like, I'm walking across and I'm asking somebody. Like, if you do that, you've. That's like the tough thing to do. But you got to remember the household I grew up in. Yeah, where they were like they're rough on you. Your fault. Yeah. You know, like if you got to be, you didn't study hard enough. It didn't have nothing to do with the test. My parents never even took my side with teachers. Bro, I got molested when I was three and it did not, did not feel comfortable enough telling my parents because I didn't trust them. Yeah. So from that age to whenever, like, you know, you just go thinking and your parents are reinforcing it. Everything is your fault. And the only reason bad things happen is because you keep fucking up. It doesn't make you like... It didn't make me think the opposite way. It made me feel like, well, I just, bad things are happening. I'm fucking up more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, sorry that happened to you. That's, that's terrible. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, we shouldn't end on that. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Thank you. Good night. We, no. we can't end on that. <laughs> okay, I've got a funny story. One time in high school, yeah. so I'm from Detroit, Michigan, for those of y'all that don't know. One time in high school, I got robbed waiting on the bus. Um, I'm standing at the bus stop outside the school. This dude comes up behind me. I just feel something poke me in the back, and he's like, this is a gun. Give me everything. All I had was a wallet. I was a poor kid. All I had was a wallet. Handed it back to him. He's like, bro, there's nothing in here but a bus card and an ID. <laughs> I'm keeping this bus card. <laughs> <laughs> 
So now I'm standing at the bus stop with a dude that just robbed me. Who told oh me not God. to look at his face. That's he so gets cool. on the bus, swipes my bus card, walks on the bus. I get on the I get on the bus. The bus driver's like, "Where's your bus card? I don't have one. We'll get off the bus and find one." And pull it off. <laughs> and then I look down on the street and I see the gun I was robbed with. It was a fake gun. <laughs> no, that wasn't funny either. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was very funny. That's oh, you just hear a bunch of people. In the, oh man, that was I, much funnier than the molested thing. Thank <laughs> that you. was definitely. We're working up to genuinely funny things. We're working it up, man. I, I I don't have anything like that. I uh, the the story about my dad that I always tell people that I think like sums him up is he used to do like a lot of like he would like, try to teach us lessons. Mm. Like, that was like me and my brother. Uh, so <laughs> at one point he took me. I was like ten. I think I was ten, and. We had like there was a bike trail behind our house that had mile markers on it. He would take us out for runs. We'd go two and a half miles out, mm -hmm. two and a half miles back. And we did that for like weeks. And then one day we get to the two and a half mile marker and he's like, let's go a little bit further. We get to three miles, eventually three and a half miles. We're at four miles. He's like, let's go a little bit further. I'm like, we have to fucking go back. It's going to be like we get by the time we get to five miles. Like I'm, I'm like carrying my brother. My brother's crying. My little brother's with me, and we come around the corner, and my mom is waiting with the car, and we get in the car, and there's water and stuff. And my dad's like, after we stop weeping, he's like, "You ran the same distance today that you ran the last three weeks, but you psyched yourself out thinking about the run back. Never save anything for the run back." Anyway, my brother was five. My brother was five And also my brother loves that story He's like yeah it's a cool story I was like it was a little fucked up That's dude You were pretty small I was carrying you yeah. Like I was like a, like a fucking <laughs> Like we're crying. in war Yes it was really really intense But that's the kind of stuff my dad would do Is he would like set up these elaborate Things to try to teach us lessons that makes sense, though. I mean, it's yeah. his generation, it just seems they were really big on, like, being mentally tough, not realizing how mentally tough they already were. Yeah, that's that's fair. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Because, like, if, I guess some of it, too, if enough people call you a pussy, and you're like, I ain't going to call my kids a pussy. So you much know? of it just comes down to, like, uh, feeling like a pussy. For sure. And then analyzing what does it really mean to be a pussy? Like, if I'm thirsty and I want some of that water, can I drink it? That's why I never got along with football coaches. It's like even when someone's getting blocked, you got to drive them into the ground. For what? The running back's 20 yards down the field. What is me trying to injure you gotta this man do? Him. You got to dominate them, Joe. He you got to let them know. Did you got to get the, in their head. Did he make the play? Yeah, but, no. you, but it, it's a game of – why am I telling you what football's about? Listen, Joe. <laughs> Joe, listen. I played peewee football when I was nine years old. I know what I'm talking about. You got to get in these guys' heads. You don't <laughs> let them get an itch on you, you know Joe. What you know what that does, though? It <laughs> leads to injuries. Oh, yeah. It leads to injuries. And that's honestly well, one of the reasons why I didn't do it. And when I started doing it, <laughs> I got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> And so I stopped. You think it should be like like when the whistle blows, you should shake hands with the defensive tackle and be like, good effort. We'll see you no, there in about 45 you. seconds. If you're going to make the play, I impose my will on you. There's nothing else to say. I'll see you next play. I'll see you next play. I'll see you again. Yeah. Did you, so you did, did you talk shit when you were playing? No. Because I always wanted people to, you know, film room comes up the next day, and I want people, you know, the coach is like, this dude's really like handling you. Like, what happened? I don't need people saying he was a dirty player. I don't need people saying he was talking shit and got in my head. He was better than me, coach. He was better than me. Yeah. Like, it's the same reason I don't do crowd work with comedy. Like, it's I just, I'm more focused on making sure that I'm doing the best that I can do. I'm not really worried about anything else. So, like, including talking shit. Like, I'm more worried about getting water. Like, you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't like one of those, oh, we going to sprint to the line to show him we mentally tough. I'm going to walk and save my breath. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm going to do what makes sense. And you, coaches didn't like that. You marched to the beat of your own drum. I, in my mind, I was just doing what made logical sense. And the problem is when you write about what makes logical sense, now your coach thinks you're trying to challenge him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When in actuality, you're just looking for a better way to get something done. Is it true? I wanted to, because we, we were all running on time here. But my bad. Is, no, it's not your fault. Um, is it true that Jeff Fisher got you into, like, encouraged you to start making music? Yep. 
I um I had done music. Music was like so, among other things with autism, like I can feel sounds too, not just hear them. Music has always felt good to me. Um, it's been a part of my life since I was like, since I was born. You know, growing up in the black church, all the concerts, you know, that kind of thing. And from there, it was my only method of communication and expression until I got funny, which was still around the same age. But music and comedy were always my ways of letting people, either letting people know how I felt with music or shielding my feelings from people with comedy. Because if yeah, you're laughing that's at jokes, yeah, like if you're yeah. laughing at jokes, you're uh-huh. not worried about what's going on on the inside. Um, so yeah, music, they've always been forms of self-expression. Jeff was, I had a very significant death in my life. Um, and Jeff was telling me that, you know, like you need, you need to do something in the off season that's going to help you process this. And I'm like, I ain't trying to think about this during the off season. You know, like yeah, I want to yeah. go play video game. He's like, that's not healthy. You need to, you know, like listen to me. I'm telling you, I've lived more life than you have. Maybe you should try out like guitar. My son plays guitar. He really loves it. I know you're into music. And um, I did. And, I, you know, I felt like I found that voice again. And I rolled into it ever since, you know. That's so cool, man. I, I feel like Jeff Fisher is a cool dude. Oh, he's a very cool dude. Like, yeah. He, and and a, a really good person, too. Like, I know they have, like, this huge farm in Tennessee. I mean, I'm calling it a farm. It's probably, like, tens of hundreds of acres. But, like, they it's specifically set up so disabled vets can come hunt. Like, he's really, he's really a giver. And he's definitely influenced me. Like, you know, when you see people who are nice to other people and things just continue to seem to go well for those people, you know, it's not always at once. You know, it's not always like a big flash in the pan news story, but like, I mean, this man was an NFL coach for a really long time. You know, this man yeah. affected a lot. I mean, shit, probably saved my life, you know. Um, and those things do come back. I know it's really it's really hard to be like a good person or the bigger person or that kind of thing. But I think that life shows you that the reason it's so hard is because the benefits of it are so great, even if they're not immediate. And Jeff is an example of that. He's coaching the Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's coaching the Michigan Panthers in the USFL right now. Really? Yeah. I may get back in the sports. Y'all. There you go, <laughs> man. I was saying like that's and like that, the best coach I've ever had. That's like the best in my mind. That's the best head coach I've ever. I had. I love to hear because he gets so much shit because people on like sports radio are like, we got to have an opinion that's why I don't on like something. Sports. I, it's one of those things where I'm like, he's won fucking like 160 games but in the they NFL. But need something to talk about. It's like hundreds of sports channels. You can't air a game 24-7. You need stuff to talk about. Yeah. That's why I don't like all sports media. It's the same, dude, it's the same with like political, like CNN or Fox News or any of that shit. It's like because they're 24-7, they have to have some fucking strong opinion on everything. They never just go, yeah, he's a good coach. That's not enough. Well, they have to. The, someone's got the honest truth. He's a better coach than I could ever be. Because all them people talking shit, they didn't coach. Like yeah. it's easy. You think about people that talk shit about players. Like some dude with a keg belly's in the stands telling some dude with a six pack how to do his job. Yeah, that's me. Like <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? He was open on the fly route. I can't tell you how many fans I flipped off. <laughs> said like, fuck you. You know, like you probably flipped off me if I was at a game. Probably if I was sitting close enough. There was actually a video on YouTube of me like this is when we played the Texans. I stood up and like grabbed my dick like to the fans. And the reason I know about this video is because my wife showed it to me like we can't do this no that's more. That's awesome. We can't have this. Like that's awesome. <laughs> There's like one of the greatest runs. In one of the greatest runs in uh, NFL history was Marshawn Lynch, uh, and they can't air it in full because as he's going in the end zone, he turns around and grabs his dick as he's falling into the end zone. It's my favorite. It's my favorite NFL highlight because they always cut it before he scores, and I'm like, just fucking show, just show it. the run. You That's got what it was. Out here half naked, but we can't show someone grabbing a dick. He's just he's grabbing his dick. Double he just standards. Scored. I feel like if I scored a touchdown in the NFL, I would literally. Pull my pants down. Like, I would be so excited. Okay, well, you get arrested for a decent Yeah, I'd make exposure. a mistake. Like, I'd make a mistake. You went too far. Come yeah, on. I us. went too far. But, like, that's. I, I don't like that either. Like, the NFL will have, like, all these cheerleaders out here in these sexy outfits. But then the dude does, like, one pro- provocative thing. It's like, whoa, we've got kids watching this. <laughs> what about the. You know, these are not cheerleaders. Like, they don't know any. I'm so, sorry. But, I'm not trying to diss professional sports cheerleaders. But y'all know what I'm saying. Like. They got to get paid better, too. I've known. Two people that have been cheerleaders for a team, and they get injured. Mm-hmm. 
Like it's no healthcare. No healthcare. No. no, It's like minimum wage, and they have to work their ass off, and they get treated like shit. It's like. But you know what I'm about to tell you. What are you gonna tell me? Nobody forced those women to take that job. Well, what the fuck? That's that's not justification to have them paid like shit. But logically. Like I've I've had conversations with cheerleaders, and I remember the first time I talked to one, I was like, I would definitely be stripping. You'd That's be what stripping. I thought instead of cheerleading. Well, you make some. Oh, look at that! You make a lot more money. Even the Vail Comedy Festival banner is trying to get away from your opinion. <laughs> it's like I didn't fucking say that. That was all Barksdale. I will Joe, say this: I am definitely uh, confident in my opinion. I know you are, man. I love it, <laughs> dude. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks it was for a lot having of fun. me. Give it up for Joe Barksdale one more time, everybody. Let him hear it. And that is bringing the backups. Thank you so much. It's probably the first episode where you didn't like this. Thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to appear on Bringing the Backups, call into 323-716-6072 and ask me anything. To help us grow, you can rate and review the pod on Apple Podcast, subscribe on Spotify, or subscribe and leave me a comment on YouTube. If you'd like to see me perform, Go to erichelwig.com where you can hop on my newsletter and follow my bands in town, which will let you know when I'm performing near you. You can also check out my merch store and follow me on social media. Lastly, the best thing you can do for the show is tell your friends. Word of mouth is free and greatly appreciated. Thanks for your support, and I'll see you on the next episode.